All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I'm here with John Salinsky and Jose Gardner. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Excited. I'm super excited to have you guys on the show. This could get either really boring or really wild really quick. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Oh, it'll be good. <laughs> All right, so lots of nuggets of wisdom for people. So there you go. Nah, just random rabbit holes I go down. (laughs) (laughs) Those rabbit holes can be a lot of fun, though. So for everyone doesn't know, or everyone that doesn't know who you guys are, um, does one of you want to start off and give us a background on on who you are and what you do and how you're related to the industry. So my name's Jose Gardner, uh, and uh, I am the reviews manager for Long Range Tactics, and that's kind of what's bringing us here today. uh, Jonathan's one of our senior reviewers uh, for Long Range Tactics. A little bit of my background. uh, Grew up hunting, uh, mostly with hound dogs, and absolutely nothing to do with precision shooting whatsoever. Uh, Went into the Marine Corps. uh, You know, obviously shooting's a little bit important in that aspect. Uh, and then as I moved out west uh, to the heartland of shooting, I don't care what the Oklahomans said, uh, I picked up long-range shooting while living in Utah. So um, from there, uh, started competing, started hunting, you know, western game. And and uh, I'm also a scientist by day, so uh, that just lends itself to I can't stand to just leave well enough alone with my gear. And so then, you know a little bit more interest in, re- in understanding the depths of things and that led to reviewing and in full circle here we go and now i'm part of long range tactics so that's been pretty fun but nice jonathan what about you sir yeah so my name is jonathan Selensky. uh i grew up shooting a little bit but it was it was more recreational shooting uh knowing what i know now it turns out my family didn't know about or as no <laughs> know as much about shooting as they thought they did um and i joined the marine corps uh just like jose i spent my first couple of years in the infantry uh tried out for the sniper platoon got accepted to that went to sniper school in 2014 uh and then i got picked up by the marine corps shooting team in 2016 so i came out to quantico for my last couple of years i uh, was with the shooting team out here and then i got out in the end of september of 2019 i finished up as the head coach of the marine corps rifle team and i've started my own LLC for firearms instruction. I ran my first rimfire clinic here a couple of weeks ago. That went really well. Um, And while I was on the team and since then, I've just networked with a lot of different people that kind of led into reviews and I got in with Cole and Cole asked me to join with Long Range Tactics. So I kind of jumped on board with it and it's just been growing since. Nice. Now, I know this is an audio-based show, but if you guys could see what I'm seeing, Jonathan looks like he's in his office and he's got all of these NRL 22 trophies stacked up <laughs> behind him. <laughs> so you went from from professionally shooting the large centerfire stuff to going in and beating up people in 22. Uh, kind of, yeah. So I, I shot a little bit initially with the Marine Corps, and then they decided they weren't going to fund it at the time. Uh, and I couldn't really afford to just jump into PRS on a sergeant, a single sergeant salary at the time. So a buddy of mine convinced me to go down to Frontline Defense in North Carolina to shoot one of their first 22 matches. And at the time, my buddy was running a Savage Part 2 that he had, like, 
$600 in. I thought he was crazy. Like, that is just a stupid amount of money to have. No one would ever spend that much. I'm definitely never going to spend that much. Uh, And now I'm running a voodoo with a strike eagle. (laughs) 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 But I just... It allowed me to shoot a lot more matches at the Uh This year alone, between the Mid-Atlantic Rimfire Series, PRS, and NRL, we've got like 60 matches four hours of my house. Wow. Just PRS and NRL center. I can't get 10 matches that close to my house. Um, all year. Uh, it just gives me a lot more opportunity to touch and touch. Nice. That is pr- pretty... Pretty spoiled. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we get too far into this, I want to thank both of you for your service uh, to the country. I really appreciate that. Um, there, there's no greater honor. So thank you guys very, very much. Best time. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us for everyone that doesn't know what is long-range tactics and what is your mission what is the goal i mean break it down for us long-range tactics at its core is a group of i want to say reviewers but that's almost too narrow of a scope because i think we try to do as much how-to and just general uh kind of educational knowledge for for really the beginner um as we can so reviewers not really quite the right word there but but for lack of a better term that's maybe the core of what we do uh, and so you know there's about seven of us uh, six seven of us including cole and we were having kind of a team meeting we're like what is it what we like what drives what we want to do and we kind of landed on uh the phrase where passion meets precision right so what what we all do a different thing uh you know only about half of us are what i would call uh more than just one weekend a year hunters uh some of us and some of us don't shoot any competition whatsoever uh, we kind of try to cover the vast uh, majority of really the entire spectrum of what we what people want to do with precision firearms uh, and, and really just put good uh, what I like to call just Joe Blow information out there and what I mean by that right I mean Zelensky uh, is sponsored by Voodoo and I think that's technically the only sponsorship on the entire team of reviewers uh, we all work and pay you know we might get something a little discount here and there but we're we're taking our 40 hour a week money and going and paying and then we're putting out that information um you know lrt doesn't pay a dime to anybody no company's ever given us a single dime uh for reviews and we want to put that real information out there for the guys that also work real dang hard for that paycheck at the end of the week and yet they want to go out and make educated decisions about how they get into the sport because i think really at the core of of what we all believe is that we all care about the second amendment and we all care, especially about guys that want to do that in a very precise manner. And that, and I think that's really kind of what, what drives we want to do. So we, you know, we got a Facebook page, a YouTube channel, a website, and all three of those are dedicated and actually a Facebook group, which is just blossoming with people looking for information. Um, and all of that at the heart of everything we do is just putting good, information out there not hearsay um you know we all know our lanes Zelensky doesn't go out there and answer somebody's question about 800 yard elk gun um you know and justin doesn't go and tell people how to build a prs rifle right and we all stay in our lane and and we just want to put that information out there for people and kind of help help grow not just the sport because it's not about competitions help grow the love for precision firearms uh in whatever manner we can so 
like I said, our, our saying is where passion meets precision, and that's really where that's kind of what drives us. So that's an awesome yeah. tagline. I love that. And it's also about like getting away from some of the the buzzwords that we see in all, all the forums and all the chats, right? Like, always, we joke about this in our chat all the time. Somebody will ask, "What's the best?" And you get nine comments of six, five creed more robust. Is it a solid cartridge? Absolutely. But nobody can actually back up the statements, and so we try and get away from the whole like I'll just give them a, a one-liner and then never talk to that person ever again. Especially on the forum and, and on the page, we try and go more in depth a little bit. Ask them questions like, "What are, what else are they going to use it for?" Or, "What right now? What ammo do they have access for?" No one should be buying a six-shot Freeman right now because you might get twenty rounds and it'll cost you ninety bucks. So <laughs> good luck shooting for your ass with a six-five this year. Uh, yeah. But if have like a low developed for 223 they could build a 223 prs rifle if they've already got all the components so we kind of delve into it a little bit more than just using buzzwords and all those cliches that we've heard on forums in the years past and the other thing too i just want to on that same train of thought is just like we try to make our environment um i guess the word i want to use is trollless like i don't we, yep. I will get on there and really try to filter out the guys that kind of put the sarcasm in there. Not because sarcasm's not funny, but uh, kind of like, uh, you know, one guy was talking about, well, I would put this answer. Like, I asked a reviewer to answer a question. And he's like, well, I would say this, but a lot of people are going to beat me up. I'm like, anyone that has an opinion about what you're going to say isn't even our audience because they've formed their own thought. But I want this newer person to sincerely hear what your experience is. I believe your method is effective. You should say that to this beginner and if nothing else it's it's a tool in their toolbox for them right and so that's the kind of like method we treat with how we bring our information to you know our general audience um and then i also believe there's no stupid questions right like there's a ton of questions that i answered on there like the buzzwords that, that jonathan said sniper i can't i don't own a sniper rifle i don't own a sniper scope i hate the buzzword sniper but at the end of the day some guys are just saying that because that's what they hear and i can be a jerk to them or we, as the LRT crew, can further educate them, bring them in, show them sincere thought in our answers, and show them people care and want to, you know, grow the sport, and, and they'll learn to love it too, right? So we really try to keep that in mind. Like, this isn't, we don't go in there and bash anybody. We don't sarcasm anybody. We try to, you know, we really keep in mind who we're there for, you know, so. I, I think that's huge, especially in today's climate, because I, I know, I mean, I'm, I guess I, I do review products and I try to do the same thing as far as putting out good information, but on a more, much smaller scale than what you guys do. Um, but because of the NRL and the different avenues that we have, we get so much sarcasm and so many one-line answers. Um, it's very hard to manage that from a social media aspect and yep. a respectful aspect because sometimes it's your peer that's being a smart ass and sometimes it's not necessarily a superior but somebody who knows more than you um, about a certain subject matter that can be very blunt to somebody who innocently is asking a question out of ignorance and wanting to learn um yeah. So how do you, you know, I, I want to talk about what you guys review, but how do you answer those type of questions or how do you guys mitigate the 
condescending, smart-ass type remarks. Uh, Zelensky, I, I want you to chime in here too, but for me, I think I just take my emotion out of it. Like I always, for lack of a better word, try to answer like a scientist. Like you're 100% right. Like my own buddies will get on there and make some remarks, and I'll disagree with some guys that I know are a 10-time better shooter than me, but they're giving they're giving expert-level advice to a novice that can't implement that expert advice yet and so for me i don't care who you are if i think it's bad information and also i don't want that to sound like we coddle newbies just for the fact of no like i'll get on there and some guy will be like well i heard a 308 will do this this and this and Zelensky will tell you i'm not a huge 308 fan but i don't get on there and bash a 308 i get on there and i'll list you know what energy and wind speed you know wind bucking at 10 mile an hour 90 degrees at a thousand yards is and talk about why I believe 6.5 is better than a 308. Jake Vibbert can disagree with me, and dude that's never pulled a trigger can disagree with me. I don't care. I list the facts, emotions out of it, and we don't coddle you if you're a newbie, but we also don't let you be a jerk if you are, you know, a podium stander. So, right. Yeah, and I think for me, I, I just try and break it down into different situations as much as I can. So kind of like Jose was talking about with 308, if somebody got on there and was like, this is the only cartridge I have, and somebody was like, oh, that's garbage doesn't matter if that guy's a podium stander or a juggernaut in the industry i mean it's it's not a garbage round if that's all they have i would rather them show up to a match with a 308 than get completely turned off the sport because somebody told them it was a crap round and yes. oh they could go figure out six gts i'm not gonna get yeah, 100 a six thousand dollar rifle and learn how to reload and do all this other testing when really we just want them to show up and learn how to shoot off a barricade Right. So I, I, I kind of break it down by situations and explain both. And like Jose said, I try and keep emotion out of it and don't let people get under my skin. And, and I'll just break it down. I usually tag the original poster in it. So that way, hopefully, it just brings them into my comment instead of making it this you know, whole own thread between me and the guy I'm disagreeing with. Because like Jose said, I really don't care if I disagree with that guy. I'm there for the person who originally posted the comment and is looking for knowledge. Uh, yep. So I'll just tag them in the post, not the guy I'm disagreeing with. See, and I, I think that that's phenomenal because personally, a lot of people assume I know more about precision rifle from a scientific level than I actually do because I don't know crap about the science of precision rifle shooting. You know, I, I know the basic fundamentals, but when you start talking about ballistic coefficients and this and that and this and breaking down all these numbers, I don't know that. And I don't, without sounding um, rude, I guess, I don't care about that because I know that my skill set can't outperform my 6.5 Creedmoor right now. A lot of times, like I started with the 308. You know, I, sh I went from 308 to 300 win mag. That was a horrible idea. <laughs> and, and, and now I'm shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is I always do my best to my abilities and then be able to learn from there. And a lot of times um, I find that people are chasing that gear when it's not necessarily warranted by their skill level. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so actually both of us have written articles kind of going into that, that are on LRT. So I wrote one that was talking about is chasing quarter minute precision worth it. 
uh, or a quarter minute accuracy worth it, right? And essentially what I did in the article was break down what it takes to get a rifle from a half minute of angle to a quarter minute of angle, and is that the best um, use of your time and money? And essentially the answer comes down to no, because nobody can call wind accurately enough and I literally mean this by no one. Like People can disagree with me all they want. Nobody can call wind to within a half mile an hour for the entire length of a thousand-yard shot. No one can do it. No. They say they can. They're full of crap. Right. Nobody can do it. And unless you can do that, the quarter-minute of angle gun is wasted. Great if you're shooting at 100 yards and you're not dealing with wind. But a thousand yards, your biggest um, margin of error is going to be your wind call. And so it doesn't matter that your elevation's perfect. Your windage is still going to be off by enough that that half minute of angle gun is just as effective because we're not shooting at quarter minute of angle targets. And so there is a lot of that where, where people chase it and they're chasing, oh, well, this BC is a tenth of a percent or a 15th of a percent better. And so they're going to completely redo all their load development or get a new cartridge or whatever when really they just need to go practice wind calling because they're going to build all that work into it and they're going to miss just as many shots because they didn't practice the wind. Right, and that's one of the reasons why I love twenty two because you don't have that that whole section of ballistics doesn't even exist. You're shooting a freaking bullet with the projectile uh, efficiency of a school bus. Like <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> right. But and then Jose's written an article on chasing gear, kind of going into that same thing. Yeah, that was you know, like you said, I guess the term that I uh, I learned when I first got into this is I have a gun that will outshoot me and that's always the goal. Right. And when I'm a, sometimes you're a thousand dollar shooter and sometimes you are an $8,000 shooter, but I'm never going to tell anyone not to buy an $8,000 rifle because you work hard for your money. And if you want to buy an $8,000 rifle, that's 100% prerogative and can't nobody say a thing about it. But do you need the $8,000 rifle until you're a $7,000 shooter? You don't need the $8,000 rifle. And so, um, you know, I did, I, I wrote an article basically stating like, your gear is not going to move you like a new piece of gear isn't going to move you up the line. Um, you know, you can buy whatever you want. Like I change calibers just because I want to see what's out there. Heck I've reviewed rifles and spent $300 on ammo and match fees to review a rifle. I knew I wasn't going to buy cause I just wanted to see what the heck the rifle would do. And that's my mentality. But you know, you can be a gear chaser or you can spend a lot of time getting really good with one bag. They both take a lot of time, but one of them was one of those methods was a lot more efficient, making you a better shooter. Right. You know, so. Well, and that's the thing is when you have so much gear and you're trying to buy the latest and greatest, you're never really mastering what you already have, right? So. Yeah, that's a big issue. So. Yeah. When you guys are reviewing a product, whether it's a a full rifle build or a scope. What are the parameters that you guys are looking at? Is there like a formula or is it a little bit different for everything? I mean, you know, when, when I do a review, because I don't do scientific type reviews, because again, I'm not a scientist. I talk about, you know, weathering. I talk about things that matter to me when I use it. Uh, based upon my skill set. So it's very opinionated about a product when I do a review where you guys have said, you know, it's very factual. So how do you do a factual review, but still kind of, you still have to have some kind of personal thought or input about it. 
Well, for me, I so I do research and development uh, for a CPG company, a consumer packaged good company. Um, and to me, that, that kind of like what I do day in, day out really plays into that. Because when I get a, um, let's say I get a, a scope in, right? Well, the scope may not be a $3,500 zero compromise, right? It may be, uh, you know, recently that Burris RT25. And what the first thing I do is I put myself in the in the try to put myself in the shoes of the person that developed that product. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to go compare it against a Kala 624 because that's not the purpose of that scope. Like why did the right. developer develop the scope and who is the consumer for? And I'm not going to bash it for having mediocre glass when it's a $600 scope, right? Like people are like, Oh, those turrets suck. Well, do you know what it takes? You know, what kind of engineering and metal quality and, and everything that takes to make, you know, a perfect feeling turret or make a 90% feeling turret, right? So for me, it's really putting myself in two shoes, the developer and more importantly, the consumer it's going to. And I try to think about, because right, if, if I'm the guy that has four tangent thetas, I'm not even going to watch a review on an RT25. I, as Jose Gardner, am not worried about talking to Mr. I own four tangents. I'm worried about talking to the guy who, who shoots one PRS match a month or one, you know, positional match a month and also wants to get his kid into it and he can't afford a second nice scope but that kid can run that rt25 that's who i'm talking to and right. so i mean i still am very i try to be objective in any of my evaluations glass turret feel what have you but the big thing is like i i try you know you can communicate to yourself and nobody gets it you should really worry about communicating to who your target was in the first place yeah I think Jose is a little bit more analytical with his reviews than I am. I'm kind of like you, Travis, where I, I, I review it kind of on my experience with it versus like looking through me like, oh, the glass quality is gives you 85% light transmission versus this scope that gives you however many. I, I don't do all that stuff. Uh, the, the hardest part I find with the reviews is some of the expectations from the, the companies. I had a set of bipods recently that I reviewed um, – from protein innovations and i think the t initial timeline i gave him was like two months to come up with a review and he's like oh that's way more time than you should need and it's like well if you want me to actually do a good review on the bipod i need to go use it like i'm not going to go do one range session and then think i have mastered the use of this bipod and figured out its features and its quirks and like right. i need to go shoot it in like five matches and at that point i can now give an honest reputable review on what i think about it what's good what's bad and everything and that's what i ended up doing um, I was able to meet his timeline, but it was just like the expectation he had was that I would pump out a review as fast as possible. He'd get a product and it didn't seem like he, I wouldn't say he didn't want an honest review, but he didn't understand what an honest review took. And I think that's one thing I'll see a lot with some of these reviews that you'll see on YouTube is you'll watch, they'll, they'll do the unboxing and then half the review, they're wearing the same clothes. So, you know, they just unboxed it, threw it on a gun, went to the range, shot it for two hours, brought it back. And that's their entire exposure to that product. Right. And there's some things that can work for, but most things, especially in like the precision rifle side, that doesn't really work. Like it takes a lot of time to go through and like do turret tracking test on a scope and make sure it retains at zero and like all this other stuff that you go through with a scope. You're not going to do that in one day. We've all had a piece of gear that kind of bugged us over time, right? That didn't bug us the first or two or three trips. Right. And then mm -hmm. we realized what the glaring hole was. So, I mean, yeah, it's spot on, Jonathan, spot on. I was going to say, most of the gear that we use in the precision rifle game, it takes a while for it to break in. 
And until it truly mm -hmm. breaks in, you're not going to know what the performance aspect of that is. And you'll find companies that have a product out there for six months, and then all of a sudden there's a recall on it. And that recalls because, well, enough people finally broke in that gear to substantiate a recall because of a known problem. But straight yeah. out of the box, everything's nice and tight and lubed up or whatever, and it should work perfect. Otherwise, it shouldn't leave the factory. But there's, yeah. you know, if way back when I used to do tactical reviews like uh, um, ARs and, you know, you know, personal defense weapons, handguns, things of that nature. And those were a lot easier items to review because you weren't worried about precision. You were worried about accuracy and yeah. performance, right? Accuracy is you hit that A zone 10 times out of 10, it's accurate. You're good, right? But precision is you being able to replicate the exact situation multiple times. And that's a lot harder to do in a review to give a honest assessment of that product. Absolutely. Yeah, and I will say, too, that that's what sets um, – and I, and I mean, I can't – I can't give long range tactics all the glory for all of this, right? Like a lot of us reviewers have done other stuff for other people in the past, but when you go look at a, a rock slide, a long range hunting, a long range tactics, a lot of those are just Joe blows like us, right? That, that are, that have the time and take the time to do uh, big, you know, expansive, like long thorough reviews on stuff. Cause if you go read, I'm just going to throw a name out there, right? Like go read a field and stream review on a new rifle a lot of times the reviewer straight up says, I got this rifle in. I was provided 40 rounds with it. I put all 40 rounds through it. I was really impressed. And it goes home, but then people take that as Bible. And the dude is straight up saying, I spent two days with it. I'd be willing to run it on a hunt. And he's not lying to you. He's 100% sincere. But that's what kind of sets us apart is like, I'll go shoot. You know, used to, like, I would shoot a minimum of four matches with any piece of gear I was reviewing um, that was match-related before I was willing to even start the review. Like that was a, a hands down disclaimer, you know, for, right. for how I was going to do things. And, and so, and also we, you know, we're not doing it for money, right? Like, you know, we're not, we're not getting paid by these companies to necessarily be the first one to put out information. We can turn down the ones that have, uh, let's say unrealistic expectations. If they are just truly something we're not, you know, that we feel goes against our integrity or what have you. So, so, how do you guys handle that when a manufacturer comes and says, hey, I want you to test XYZ product. You get that product. You agree to the, you know, whatever they're asking, their terms and time frame and whatever. And you find out that that product is the biggest piece of junk you've ever touched. What do you do then? It's happened to all a, of us. Uh, oh, 100%. But I'm going to give a little nugget of wisdom to people that go looking for reviews. If you are looking for an item that's older than six months and you're not finding reviews on it, there's some reading between the lines to be had because what we refuse, like it, it doesn't help anyone to bash a company an item, anything, right? Like there's a lot of companies that I just, I don't understand why people pay for that name brand, but I don't go bashing anyone. Right. But as far as those reviews goes, um, we actually make our reviewers, including myself, I signed this contract too, uh, but it's kind of an upfront agreement that 
if you agree to take honor of review and you find that you cannot in good faith put out um, a, a positive tone in the message of your review, one, you're definitely not allowed to go bash it because, right, we got to worry about our brand. We worry about their brand. Um, you know, you can obviously give honest feedback. So-and-so I am, you know, direct messages you and says, hey, what do you think about this thing? Well, obviously, you need to tell them the truth. Uh, but as far as, as what the company expects out of us, we tell the company up front, too, that if we feel we can't put out a, you know, uh, a review in good faith that is a positive tone, we will then turn around and write a review about everything and not just, oh, this piece of glass sucks. Like at low light, it did not work. Um, on a mirage day, we got a very green haze to the tint of the glass. If I was you, I would work on, uh, you know, the ergonomics of the turret, X, Y, and Z. And we actually give product, what would you call it, Jonathan? A product improvement suggestion report back to the manufacturer. So it's still a value add to them as long as they treat it correctly but we will i kind of tell all of our reviewers like no item is perfect like you better you can find something that people need to know about if it's something just as finicky as you wish it was a capped winter well that's fine but but there's something you could do to make any item better you should say that in your review everything's not gold but um if it's going to be just a bad review if the product just completely misses the mark or doesn't or it's a nine hundred dollar item which would be a great four hundred dollar item but it's not a nine hundred dollar (laughs) item then we just no and you know and that happens right so um that's where we still we require like you don't just get to be like oh this piece of trash and not do any work you agreed to that review you have committed to that company that you will either put the good word out there of the of the item or you will give the company honest feedback and help them improve their item because you're only doing the consumer a favor that way, right, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in all my reviews, even the ones I put out, like I always include some form of negative feedback because, like as I said, nothing's perfect. And so it it helps the consumers be more educated when they go to buy it, like knowing the Vortex Strike Eagle. It's my favorite scope right now because for the price point, you can't touch it. But the turrets are a little bit mushy when you compare it to like a razor. So when I wrote my review, I put that in there so they don't get it thinking that they're buying a razor for a third the price. Right. They need to know what the differences are and, and, and what the downsides are of it uh, because everything does have something. And I try and nitpick. And like you've seen, you'll see in some of my reviews, um, I really have to kind of reach for some negatives. And, and I, again, I do it just to try and be really upfront and honest with my reviews because that's what consumers want. All of us that are serious in the gun industry know all the reviews in magazines are BS. Like yeah, you can read it and you're like, this isn't a review, it's an ad. Right. And so all of us ignore that. The only people that actually take those re- reviews with any, like, um, I was going to say without, or with a grain of salt, without a grain of salt, however that expression works in that situation. <laughs> um, the only people that actually put any stock in those reviews, that's what I'm looking for, there you um, go. are people that don't know anything about guns. Because the rest of us just flat out ignore those reviews. They mean nothing. And so I want to try and give a review that people that within the industry can actually get some information out of as well. So as reviewers and educators, because that's essentially what we are, we're educators, right? How yep. do you combat against all the BS that's out there? As responsible educators, how do how do you combat that but also how do you make the new gun enthusiast or the new precision rifle enthusiast aware of 
truth versus fiction? I hate to say we can combat it. I think my, I think my method, if you ask me in my head, is to simply ignore it and foster that that atmosphere of, of non BS. So really, what I mean by that is like we really want, for lack of a you know, I don't we, who knows how long Facebook will even. It's obviously not two A friendly, but it's even two A tolerant. However long we have our Facebook group, which is our current way to let's say interact with whoever our target audience is. We want that to be a breath of fresh air where there's no BS, right? Like, I can't go out there, we can't go to every page out there and be the BS police, because the fact of the matter is, everybody's opinions differ, too. Like, some people agree with Mr. BS on YouTube, and that just is what it is. I think, really, it's like, it, it's almost just putting the blinders on to those people and really just kind of sticking to what we believe drives our our purpose, our mission, and then also, you know, when you come into, you know, long-range tactics, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm trying to bug Cole here, hint, hint, uh, maybe get some level of a forum or some level of interaction on our website. But regardless, however you interact with long-range tactics, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, we just want that to feel like a no-pressure, kind of like that bubble, the BS bubble, if you want to call it that. <laughs> so. Yeah, social, social media is tough. I um, first-hand experience, 50. 15 plus years I had my Facebook account and not even a month ago they completely deleted my account no warning no nothing and they just said that I went against their community standards but didn't tell me why and they would absolutely not consider reinstating my page with no reason and I was like wow so Cole get a forum up on the LRT site bro I think Frank Galley and Sniper's Hide are like in the perfect position for when Facebook collapses for the 2A community. Facebook and social media is a great platform right now. But you guys, if you can join good, educational, responsible forums like on LRT, NRL, Sniper's Hide, um, do that because that's going to be the strongest backbone of communication that we're going to have in the coming future. So, Cole... Yeah. Get to work. Stop redecorating your house. Your backyard looks dope. You don't need any more whiskey or drink more whiskey. And get creative, bro. Okay, okay. to be fair, it was actually Cole's idea, and I was the one that drug my feet. Cole's actually way smarter at this kind of stuff than I am. We should give Cole credit. Cole 100% deserves credit because he wants to do that. And he wants to make it big, right? Like little things like uh, we don't just want to be shooting, right? We want to be precision in anything we do. It could be archery, paintball, or slingshot shooting uh, but he's wanting to add different things like a like a cooking side right because like i work in the meat industry um is just a master on the on the grill and so we're even wanting to add like how do you take care of your game like what cuts should you be looking for how do you what do you do on a traeger versus a crock pot and blah 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 so we're trying to do little things like that too so. that's awesome that, that's yeah. awesome so i um you know, personal experience, I was lucky to just harvest my first elk in Utah. And since then, my wife has been learning so many different recipes from the internet on how to cook elk and different cuts of elk. It's That's great, man. I, I think um, a lot of people in the firearms industry are also foodies. They love great recipes, great cooking, you know, um, skills and, and tips and tricks. Right now, I know things change all the time and virtual shot show just took place. 
But right now, I'm gonna we're gonna role play here. I, I'm Joe Joe Q, brand new shooter, and I'm coming to you guys, and I'm saying based off the reviews that you guys have done, what scope would you guys recommend to me where I want to be under two thousand dollars? I'm going to do. Um, a little bit of precision, a little bit of hunting, but something that's a little bit more all around. Um, and I'm going to be shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor because that's the most popular round out right now. What would you guys recommend for somebody of that nature? John, you want first or second? Uh, I'll go second. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my method is honestly... When I answer those those kinds of questions, I always try to top somebody's budget out. Uh, and the only reason I say that is because God knows how many pieces of precision rifle gear I've ever sold at a loss. And I probably would have done less buying and selling had I bought the nicer stuff to begin with and realized right. what I wanted. Uh, so that that's how I'm prefacing this answer. Uh, and, and I have my personal thought, and then I have the thought that's probably a little bit more popular. But for sub $2,000, I would go with the Burris XTR3. Uh, and the only reason I say that is, right, we know there's that tier of glass. It's kind of the, the 500 to 1400-ish dollars, the XTR2, the PST Gen 2, the Night Force SHV. Those are all very comparable, let's say, glass qualities and, and various features. And then you step up into the Call of 624i, the Razor Gen 2, maybe like a, a lower-end ATAC-R. And then you step up into that next level, right, your Schmidt and Benders and your Zero Compromise and your ATAC R735 and, and your 525s, right? So we're talking about that that 1500 to 2500 level. I just think the Burris, I have eight of them, and no, I'm not sponsored by Burris, um, is as good a glass. I got rid of an ATAC R and a Collis to go to my Burrises because I could afford to go to eight of the exact same scope on my hunting and match guns um glass is great the turret is idiot proof i've broken turrets on usos colises i thought i broke turrets on an atac r there was another issue that happened um but the turrets are i mean the turret zero stop is idiot proof on a burris they're obviously sponsored the nrl great company there um but the glass is up there with all of those and dang i saw natchez had the five to 30 for like 13.49 on sale the other day wow. which is just phenomenal that's right. a bargain. I, I use the same scope on my Voodoo that I use on the gun that I shot the Night Force CLR match two years in a row with, you know. So, I mean, it's it's just such. A, and I shot every game animal I had this year with either a three eighteen or five to thirty uh, XTR three. So that's that's my personal answer. It's not as popular. Um, you know, Vortex did a big thing when they took their Razor Gen two uh, to the MSRP at two thousand dollars or less, and you absolutely. Um, I'm not a big fan of just the, the, the chunkiness of a, of a Razor Gen 2, and I personally hate the pick-up, push-down, zero-stop, but a lot of people love it. But for $2,000, you also can't go wrong with the Razor Gen 2. It, it just It's proven. There's a reason everybody loves them, right? So. All right. Yeah, so for me, I, I usually try to delve a little bit deeper when somebody asks questions like that on like what they're going to use it for. I don't typically try and max out somebody's budget. I try and get them the the best scope they can that's within their budget so if their budget's higher than they need i don't try and usually max it out um the main reason i or and the other thing i ask is do they rate the discounts because that's one thing that i've come across so many people that buy scopes and they don't realize they rate 40 percent off with uh with burris or not burris no Bur burris does 40 percent off for mill leo too right 
They have an expert voice. They don't. It's not necessarily strictly forty percent off, but they are on expert voice, which okay. is that mill. Yeah, the mill site. Yeah. Um. Vortex does their forty percent off. Bushnell does, I think, forty percent off. Uh, and so there's some of the companies do like these huge discounts where they can get that next level scope that they thought was out of their budget and now it's under their budget. Um, so usually I ask them, do they rate the discount? And then they'll ask me what discount. And I explained, right. I was on the phone with a guy the other day that looked to get into 22 and had no idea Vortex offered a discount. Um, so that, that's usually my first question. And then after that, figure out exactly what they're going to use it for. So if it's hunting and PRS, um, I'll probably lean um, a little bit towards the higher end glass because they're using it for PRS, but if they're just using it for hunting, even if it's what they would call long-range hunting, anything 800 and in, you don't need top-tier glass uh, unless they plan on hunting low-light, which would be the next thing. Do you, do you plan on hunting dusk or dawn? Uh, because then there's other features you got to look for. So I know I'm not giving you a solid, straight answer on what would be my recommendation. <laughs> um, but it, it really just depends. I don't have like a go-to, this is my one scope or one company. I recommend tons of different stuff to most people. I am a Vortex fanboy um, and recommend most of their scopes over others, but I'm not I'm not like the Athlon dealers. I think it was Jose put up that picture the other day where it's just like anytime somebody asks for a good scope and it's just all the Athlon dealers fucking trying to get a sale. They're like the seagulls on Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, exactly. It, it, it's funny because we have you know, two different personalities that approach a question in two different ways and have two different theories about it. And that just kind of goes to show that, you know, there there is not necessarily a wrong answer, but wrong information, right? So if you're providing the right information, any of this gear is really what has to be tailored to you, your body type, and the situation that you're going to be using it in. Um, so, you know, we're talking Burris, you're a Vortex fan. Um, I love both scope companies. I also shoot Leopold and I also shoot Bushnell. Um, it's funny because, and, and this might be a downfall for me, but... I kind of switch between different companies depending on what I'm using it for. Cause I don't think there's one company that provides a end all solution to every situation that I'm going to be in with a precision rifle. So yeah. like we have for NRL 22 X, we have a night match coming up. Well, the last time I shot a night match. I used a U.S. Optics because it was one of the only uh, scopes that I had with an illuminated reticle. If I went and shot another night match, um, I would either be going back to my old USO or I'd have to find new glass, but looking specifically for that reticle that that illuminates, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, and I think that's also the. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, please. Well, I was just going to say that's the beauty of LRT, too, is the other thing is, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, there's certain sites or magazines or what have you. You can tell there's a couple brands they're partial to. 
Um, we have as many arguments, or not even arguments, we just poke fun at each other in our own little reviewer thread about the brands we like, right? I mean, I can think of one guy that's a huge Night Force guy. I can think of one guy that's a huge Leopold guy. Uh, you know, I can think guys that make fun of me for running Skypod, um, you know, and some of them are just shooting old Harris's and everything in between. But I think this is beauty is not only do we not try to, like, um, let's say, like, handcuff our reviewers to certain brands we don't care what they run because we are really trying to broaden the scope of who we reach so you know if somebody gets on our group and asks about a brand well if we're all running night forces what good are we going to do when people ask about scopes you know so we want that diversity that's that only helps us and it only helps our our audience right so i mean and that's a beautiful thing too like right i i used to run all various scopes until I just I got tired of playing musical scopes. That's the other thing. One of our guys I think uses his fixing sticks as much as he does his guns himself because he runs two <laughs> scopes on eight guns. You know, so uh, I'm kind of guilty but, of that you know, too. Whatever you want to do. So <laughs> okay, so we're almost at the end of our time here, but before we wrap this up, what would each of you say is the must have product for the first quarter of 2021 ammo <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> do you mean item that's been released or something you need right now or are you Some, talking about like something that was released something that's released Q1? So, something that's released at the end of last year beginning of this year there's no price limit but what would you guys say is the new hotness based upon what you guys have had the opportunity to review besides ammo or primers or powder. <laughs> so I'm actually a little bit uh, behind the times on what was released. I didn't get to follow a shot show at all. And I just uh, carried out a cross country move without taking time off of work or changing jobs. So I'm a little bit ah. out of sorts here, but I would have to say, and only because I've been dying to get my hands on one, uh, but the new Gen 2 updates to the Skypod. Uh, I mean, the Gen 1 did everything you ever wanted, and then the Gen 2 fixed two, not even flaws, but just annoyances in, like, the best way possible. So the Gen 2 Skypod, a double-pull Gen 2 Skypod, to me, is, like, top of the list for just can do it all from a prone ELR match all the way to all 10 NRL Hunter matches and everything in between. Nice. I haven't had a chance to mess with them yet, but mine would be the new uh, LRF uh, binos from Vortex. Those got yes. me excited. Those looked awesome. But With the AB I, built in, right? It's the Fury with the AB upgrade, right? Talk a little more yeah. about that. Yeah. So it, it's funny that you bring that up. I just did a uh, podcast for the NRL Hunter side with Vortex, and... The Vortex Fury 5000 HD of AB Applied Ballistics, long, long ass names. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I called in as soon as they released it. I actually, I, I knew about it a little bit early because we were helping them with their launch. And mm-hmm. I called in when it was launched so I could order it. And when I called in, they told me I was six months waiting for that unit right now they're gone they're they're all spoken for and i'm like that that's pretty amazing when a company can be um 
back ordered for that long when their production is so high. Yeah. That's going to be a sweet piece of kit. It yeah. is. It's yeah. going to be pretty awesome. I, I'm excited. So, is there a sneak peek from any of you guys that people can look forward to from LRT to release a review on coming up? Um, I would say for my end, I just wrapped up a review on that Kelbley Coda, um, which is the production rifle from Kelbley, and they yep. just dropped it by a thousand dollars without changing any features. So it's now twenty four ninety nine MSRP, which is just absolutely silly, especially. And the reason I say this is because we just mentioned NRL Hunter. The thing was like made me giggle with how accurate it was with factory ammo, uh, just out of the box, um, and. And uh, especially for the NRL hunter class, I mean, the thing weighs like seven and a half pounds, has a two pound trigger and a gray bow stock uh, and comes with a with a muzzle brake. So if you want to talk about getting like your open, your open light class would be an absolute silly gun to shoot those with. So that's one that that that's one that I'm about to be releasing. So nice. I can't wait to see that. And I don't have anything in the pipe right now, but I should be getting in. um I think it's the Vortex tripods, so that that should be coming here in uh, hopefully a couple of months. Awesome, awesome, great things to look forward to, um, gentlemen. It, I can't believe an hour is up already. I mean, I felt like I just got on the phone with you guys. It's so fast. Um, we have to do this again. I mean, this. Oh, I, I have so many more questions, but you know, time. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Is there anything that you want to say to our um, our listeners right now before we, we wrap up the show? Let's. Where can they find LRT? I know you said website and so on and so forth. What's the website address? Um, social media. How do they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really appreciate that. So the website is literally longrangetactics.com. One word, no weird punctuation. Just longrangetactics.com. Um, on Facebook, the page is Long Range Tactics with just three words. Uh, the group is also Long Range Tactics. Uh, it'll be pretty obvious which one's which. Uh, and then on Instagram, I guess on Instagram it wasn't anything crazy either. It's just at Long Range Tactics, no spaces. So obviously nobody had that name taken, and we just took it and <laughs> ran with it. So uh, pretty easy to look us up. And then most of us, our handles end in underscore LR Tactics uh, on various social media. So we're pretty easy to find. Um, as individuals as well but we you know we got some things coming like you said if you've got questions um we'll be announcing this week uh what we call our out of ammo shooting the bull with long range tactics uh which will be just bi-weekly hour-long sessions where we all get on like a like a live session on the groups and people can get on and we're going to treat it like seinfeld like there's no plot to it it's just us reviewers hanging out you can get on and ask questions we'll talk about just the current events of the shooting world that day um, and, nice. and just hang out and interact with people and kind of try to be just once again, be a little bit different source of information, not officially a podcast. It's just a Google hangout with a bunch of shooters kind of deal, you know, so we're pretty excited about that. But, but, um, just anything people want or can ask us about and ask for, you know, we try to try to help them out. So very nice. Yep. All right, guys, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to hang out today. Um, I learned a lot. And I, I think we had a great conversation. Like I said, we should plan to do this again in a couple of weeks. And I, I still have questions. So we'll definitely have to do this again. 
Um, but for all of our listeners, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. Until next time, keep shooting, be safe, and we'll see you all at the range. Take care.